listen to her wrong. From here wrong, I'm listening to her wrong. There wrong, I'm listening to her wrong. From here wrong, I'm listening to her wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back to under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the work together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back to under pressure, yeah. Hello, hello, and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Robertson, alongside your sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we ventured back into the studio for episode 370, everybody. Welcome back. Yeah, what's going on? So, yeah, man, what you been getting into this weekend? Uh, this weekend, I got to see The Blackening. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. What is that? The Blackening is this, um, it's a black horror movie trailer. It's basically Black Scream, oh, essentially. Oh, okay. I have, yes. Yeah, so I, I got to see that. The trailer looks kind of interesting, so I was like, oh, let me give it a shot. And I got to say, I fucks with it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was very funny. You know what? That, that sets the theme perfectly <clears throat> for, what I, for, for what I watched. So go ahead. Yes. Thank you for starting with that. So it's it's it basically says the premise. Um, mm-hmm. No, I'm familiar. Yeah. I, <laughs> off the rip, it didn't. It didn't uh, trigger Click, for me. but like, yeah, the buzzwords got it. Yeah. Yes. But I enjoyed it a bit, man. It's like, I, I liked how they played on all the horror movie tropes. Mm-hmm. But my absolute favorite part about it was all the it's black a better, jokes. It's a better scary movie, in my opinion. I agree with that, 100%. Because it is like paying, it is very, very, I, I don't want to say satire too much, but it is like, it is very joking poking fun at it's very self-aware and poking fun of the typical thing about horror movie scary tropes. movie is that it pandered to white culture it was black people <laughs> pandering to white culture which is fine it's funny i'm not mad at it it's just i actually kind of prefer black people pandering to black people in their horror movies, so, <laughs> or in anything in general and so yeah, yeah. And it's definitely definitely hit better for me it it really did, man. Like I, for me, it really did hit for me because I, honestly, the only thing I don't like about it is the the we'll just call him the horror movie monster. We'll call uh, is the monster's mask. I, yeah. I hate the mask for obvious reasons. If anyone's seen, like you, you understand. But I like it because I feel like this is one of the. This is like an inside. This is a black people thing. Yeah, it, it really. White is. people just aren't going to get it, and it's yeah. not that. It's not that you know what I mean. They. They're not going to understand the jokes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they're not going to connect with it. And that's that's genuine. Yeah, you know what I mean? Not connecting to things that don't speak to you. The thing about black people is that we've always had to experience white culture. Yeah. So it yeah. was easy for us to laugh at scary movie. You know what I mean? It was it was parody. Like it was supposed to be. And so, yeah, I can understand why why that's like a inside thing for like Barbershop. Pretty much. <laughs> who uh, I believe it was directed by one of the same dudes. But yeah. The blackening that was yeah it, worth it, the watch. It was, it was really really funny, man. Yeah, 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 really funny. Um, I love the. Oh, I, I don't want to really, really want to spoil it, but I, I really I like. It. I'm trying to be very vague because I didn't, I really I don't want to spoil it. it. But I, I really liked how they um they I really like their take on it. You know what I'm saying? They did a great job. They parodied it, but at the same time, they didn't go too far, and all the jokes landed and. The, they were saying some shit in it, and uh, it, it was cool what they were saying. So it was it was good. Yeah, I'd highly recommend the blackening. Pretty pretty funny. But other than that, I didn't really um do much. We just kind of played games with the fellas or shit this weekend. So it was just most. That was my only viewing experience. But I would highly recommend it if anyone wants to see that movie. 
Yeah, or if you were on the fence and we were just kind of thinking about it. And it was it was pretty recent. Yeah, it just came out on digital a few weeks ago. Yeah, dude, I remember I remember seeing it pop up on I think it was I want to say it was Amazon, but don't quote me. But uh, I was like, oh, that's interesting, and it was very easily accessible online. Yeah, yeah. But I would say if you have an option to like pay for it, I would I would support something like that. Absolutely, absolutely, man. The cast was great. I wasn't really familiar with any one of them other beyond Jay Farrow. But I, I really well, yeah, Jay Farrell and um, there was the gentleman with the with the braids or the short locks. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him either. But oh, well, I'm familiar with his great. face. <laughs> like, I recognize him for sure. They were fucking great, man. Yeah, I love the, I love the interpersonal conflicts, the actual uh, uh, monster confrontations, the and also. My homie, um, one of my favorite like co-stars, Diedrich Bader, popped up in there as the security guard. You know, yep. people remember him from Office Space or the the friend from Drew Carey. That's not Ryan Styles, but or <laughs> Batman: The Brave and the Bold. You know what I mean? Like yep. one of my favorite hey, Batman voices. He's been around. So it was really awesome to see him pop up in this trailer for a couple seconds too, and uh, in this movie, and yeah, do, doing doing his comedic thing. Like he's always being a goofball on screen. So. Yeah, dude, definitely the blackening worth worth the checkout. Yeah, I'd say that it was a solid eight, man. Like it, it was really enjoyable. Okay, that really that is enjoyable. a solid rating because I would have given it a seven point five soft eight. Yeah. So yeah, I, I could Pretty definitely commiserate is, that. You know, it's got the typical horror movie stuff, but you know, that's I, I just the genre itself. I I I would give it that score, but I absolutely understand why. Like a significant portion of people just won't connect to it because they're. They don't culturally experience <laughs> like those kind of things. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. I'm trying to be vague because it's it's so well done that the all of the references are plot relevant. So it's not like it's shoehorned. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's the hard part: is making something that is culturally relevant that's not shoehorned. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they also did a good job. Um, um, I really like the chemistry between the class, the the mm-hmm. cast. Yep, I thought I thought they were and they, they were, were all really relatively uh, less popular actors because they mm-hmm. they're none of them are new from what I understand. Like I didn't see anybody who's like, oh, this is brand new. You know what I mean? First role type stuff. But yeah, they're not super popular. Like they they haven't had any main roles from what I know. I mean, it's doing pretty well. It's got eighty percent of critics rating on Rotten Tomatoes. You know what I mean? And uh, seven point one average. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, I gave it an eight. How many so. though? It's probably not a lot. It's probably because m- the majority of people who watched it were black. Yeah, people. I guess yeah, of one hundred and thirteen critics, it said. Mm-hmm. That's very. That's. I shouldn't say it's very low, but that is relatively low. Yes. Yeah, that's not bad though. Like uh, mm-hmm. even the um the Metacritic. I, I'm really glad that overall the reception seems positive. Um. Hopefully, well, it's they... because the production is good too. So even if yes, you don't connect to the pro- absolutely, uh, to the it to looks the comedy, fucking beautiful. It's really well done. It looks beautiful. It looks great. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I, I hope they they continue to do more stuff to, to write a director and stuff because because that shit was dope. Fucks with it. Oh yeah. wow, that's not bad. I I mean they the budget was five mil and oh, it made seventeen point five at all because they the had box some office. Did they? Was there VFX? Um, not really. It was all I don't think. Right? Yeah, it looked. It was like mostly practical. No, I, mean, I can't really think of if anything. You're doing a black production, the makeup artists already are going to be on one thousand. Yeah. So yeah, I can imagine you don't need no VFX when you got people really doing it big like that, dude. Have you seen some of the like between like black cosplayers, black makeup artists? Like, yo, 
Yeah, man. Yeah. Movie productions that 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 cast out of the community definitely have very high end production. Yeah, I, I was telling Vic just today actually it was really surprising how um I found this video of a uh, uh it was this Hispanic group and they were doing like a parody of Mortal Kombat. And I, I was, I I said, about, yeah. yeah, and I was like, yo, I said to the Vic, I was like, yo, they're like the Hispanic RDC World One, you know? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We were talking about it, and I was like, yo, it's crazy how much um, technology has allowed, like, even small things like Instagram videos to improve just their visual aesthetic, like, mm -hmm. like. And one thing I said, I was like, it's amazing um, how far thirst traps have come on, on like, Instagram and shit. You because know what is the level of editing that goes into that shit these days. Have you seen this new TikTok trend of people reacting to the virtual things that pop up in their TikTok feed? No. So it's like, you know, a, a pretty woman or a, a guy and, like, someone will, like, you, like, they gift you flowers, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or something like that on TikTok. And then it'll pop up on your screen, and then you act like you're interacting with it. <laughs> That's the new trend. And then people love it. And I'm like, you know what? That is the pinnacle That's right there. Funny. That's the pinnacle. But anyway, yeah, that was the side. Why? Why? It's, I think it's the perfect distillation because it is absolutely stupid stupid but there's nothing wrong with it so it's like there's no you it's can't complain just, about it it's just like it's like cute but inane to enough yes. people but it's completely stupid it's not productive but and you know it's funny it's that the people uh, who are doing that are making like four thousand dollars a month yeah which yeah. is a livable fucking wage yeah. you know how many jobs in america don't pay you a livable wage <laughs> and i can make a livable wage Nomming on virtual fucking bananas that pop up in my feed. Yeah, man. Like it's the perfect accentuation of the absurdity of this society. You know it what I really mean? Really is the obfuscation of labor. You know what I mean? Like putting your labor value towards that is completely like antithetical to production. But if you can survive off of it, how can I talk against it? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that, I'm sorry, that was yeah, a tangent. It's just crazy, man. Like, uh, shout out to OG Zach King because he he was the one that started doing those crazy VFX videos, and that's yeah. just and sort of making them super like accessible to just the common person and shit. And ever since that, way back when, I, I've honestly seen just how much just like the the casual video is improved as far as like just production value it's I'm, mm -hmm. it's impressive i look forward to seeing where it goes man yeah man so that's that that's what's up i'm glad to hear that, that that the blackening is actually catching on because when i watched it i enjoyed it but i felt like that was just one i keep in the pocket you know what i mean <laughs> kind of like you don't be throwing soul plane out there but we all that's laughed silly. at soul plane when we watched it you know what i mean yeah. like it's one of those fours but yeah Nah, I fucked with it, man. That's what's up, man. And 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 so that that's a great segue into um so I didn't watch too much this weekend. Um Carolina did me, you know, a solid like she usually does on on the uh the occasions and uh she uh gifted me with a session for my birthday. So oh, you know, yeah. I got to go out and uh get some artwork done. It just so happened that my my artist was in Pomona, you know what I mean, at a show, and so it was like, oh, the this stars have timing. aligned. Yes, yes, I love it. And so, yeah, dude, definitely, I got, like, some good hand work done, man. I got, like, most of my hands done, and it was fucking Litty. tits, dude. I really, it, it was a great weekend, you know what I mean? I'm just been recuperating because my hand is swollen like a motherfucker. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I didn't get to watch too much, but I did get to catch something. Mm. And so um, I'm going to say, like, I want to preface this saying that I'm going to say a lot of things that are going to sound hyperbolic, <laughs> but I want you to understand that they're completely genuine, you and the audience, because 
it's it's I really appreciated what I watched this weekend. And so I know you don't like to take too many recommendations because you have your entertainment flow set up already. But I'm going to definitely I want to ask your opinion on this because I uh, watched the first half of Kizazi Moto, the um, African animation anthology that Disney produced. Mm -hmm. I am fucking highly impressed. The story... This is across the the Spider Verse level stories and animation, bro. Nice. I'm and and this is what I mean when I say I know I'm going to say things that sound hyperbolic, but it's such a great watch. It's 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 entertaining. It's thought provoking. It's intriguing because it's it's anime aesthetic on African storytelling. And the thing about African storytelling is that. It is environmental. It is, and when I say environmental, like it's there's a lot of show not tell. Like you learn things about the world that they insert you in. And this is an anthology, so technically this is an Afrofuturist Africa, obviously, but these are different worlds, and so you know there's different nuances to all of the technologies and so forth that are different types of Wakandas. And you learn about them through the watching. And that is so indicative of African storytelling in general because that is their primary uh, 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 mode of operandus when they're passing on tradition. And so they have a very highly developed storytelling method as opposed to even Eastern or Western cultures that are mostly written. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so... you. I'm telling you, when you watch it, it is it's so prevalent. And then the stories themselves are so uh dynamic. You know, like there's a and I and I don't want to do too much spoiling, but there was a story in particular that struck me really, really strongly. And that was um it was about a, a kid who's a spirit racer. He channels the the spirits to uh do things like with technology. He likes to race in the the vein of his ancestors and so forth and so forth. There's like a a warlord uh, who's like oppressing his village, pretty much extracting all the resources of his village because he's rich in evidently ore that uh, can conduct spirits and so forth or whatever. That's all exposited throughout the show. Mm -hmm. But like in the resolution, there was no dominance. The resolution was that we are equals, and so I'm going to respect you and and let this and, and let you live type of thing. And it was like that is an atypical resolution. <laughs> Very rarely in in any culture, whether you know what I mean, do you see a resolution where there is intense combat or conflict, and then in mutual respect. Sometimes you see that in Eastern culture, but it's rare. Yeah, you see it in anime sometimes when the talk no jutsu is successful. Yes. This one was it was it wasn't even the talk no jutsu. It was the it was the acknowledgement of of equality. Mm-hmm. And it and you can see it, you know what I mean? Like they didn't talk it out at all. They fought it. And it, yeah, it was just super impactful. And so yeah, dude. Kizazimoto, I think, is... I, w- I wouldn't recommend it. I would ask that people watch it. Um, not just for the quality of the show, but because it needs to be supported. 
I want to see this get the metrics. This is going in. This is going in my running for for animated piece of the year, and it is cleanly in my top ten animated features. And nice. I haven't even finished it. These first five episodes <laughs> that I watched, if you just cut it off there, I would be like, "Yo, no, this is something that I'm probably going to come back to a couple of times at very least." And it is a good chance that as long as it is available, I'll just be like, "Yeah, I'm bored. I'm gonna watch it because." It is visually stunning. Uh, the storytelling is next level. And it's a hybrid of cultures that I very deeply endear. But yeah, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. And like, the it touches on relevant topics. Like, there's one episode that centers around uh, a young kid who is kind of ostracized from his family because he doesn't have the the normal skills of a warrior or a doctor or an engineer that are popular. <laughs> and so he's trying to make it big as an internet sensation. And so he's doing all kinds of wild stunts and crazy stuff. And it leads him to, to uh, uh, run up against a conflict with culture that is resolved in very interesting ways. But just the watching him like, compete against a fucking virtual entity named Rasta Cat. And it's just like, that's it's <laughs> that's so funny. poignant because that's what people are doing. You have human beings competing with bots on the internet for likes when the bots are like generating their content off of scraping internet data that is like playing the numbers, whereas you're trying to make something genuinely entertaining. And it's like, dude. That is, I think, something that I am never going to to relate to. But the younger generation, oh, that is a ever present conflict that they have mm -hmm. as they try to find their place in this digital environment. I've you heard know? a lot of YouTubers said that say that like, yo, what's the point of me putting in certain twenty, thirty hours <clears throat> in a week making video content when just like we talked about, people can just do ridiculous shit on TikTok and get tripled the amount of views that I get for and, a tenth of the work. And, and it makes me so hesitant to bring forth the argument that I always make about the YouTube content creation that the lack of professionalism is detrimental to the consumer. The lack of professionalism leads a lot of YouTube content creators to participate in, like, you know, toxic sponsorships or... You know what I mean? Like uh, lending uh, what they call identity laundering, you know, where they will lend their name and reputation to disreputable entities and uh, platform them to their audience to the detriment of the audience. You know what I mean? And so as much as I want to, and that, that is cleanly uh, a byproduct of unprofessionalism in the, in the um, content creation industry you know what i mean but nonetheless can i blame them because who the fuck is going to take the time to figure out what's professional and not professional in this fucking space when you're dealing with robots who don't give a shit <laughs> whatsoever not even a little bit and they are just as toxic as of a force because they will play on insecurities and negative emotions in a way that is hurtful to the consumer as much as your lack of having any kind of uh, 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 concern about the effect of your content on the consumer. And so 
yeah, I don't want to bring that argument to them because you, they're fighting an uphill battle. And everyone's <laughs> just trying to fucking live. So true. Everyone's just trying to live. And so, oh, it's it's a tough one, man. That's why I, I, I hope that people don't take that critique as opposition. I don't hate, like, especially YouTube content creators, but content creators on the internet in general. I mean, you know what I mean? Because I'm a very production labor-oriented person. But that critique, I believe, is in theirs and the consumer's best interest. And so I hope it would be heard type of thing, you know? But yeah, man. My bad. Yeah. It's something I've been thinking about a lot, though, dude. Like, you got to be a little bit professional. And and I'm sure that people might might be like, yeah, well, look at what you produce. And I'm like, there's a, a significant amount of professionalism. You've gotten the content consistently for over three years every single Monday and Friday, like clock, you know what I mean? So th there's a level of professionalism we bring to the table. For sure. You know what I mean? That I wish that other content creators would also take into account and create your own metrics. I'm not saying that we have to follow the traditional professional rubric. I'm saying that not having any professional rubric is the problem. You know what I mean? Because I'm pretty sure if most of the content creators, especially the ones who are already established, had some form of uh, organization, uh, an entity that was overarching that could provide them a framework for for being more professional, they would take it. You know what I mean? Because they would obfuscate the whole, like, yeah, who's going to take the time to figure this out thing with, oh, here's a guidelines of, you know, industry, you know, regulations or policies that would be in everyone's best interest as produced by the community or whoever who we ch who's trusted, you know, type of thing. But, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure that there's a... I'm pretty sure someone has tried to do that and there's been a substantial effort against it. You know what I mean? Like, nobody... Because once you have an organization like that, it's very easy to parlay that organ that that uh that mobilized uh power into demands. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so yeah, I understand why it's probably being blocked. I don't have evidence of it, but I think that the lack of evidence of it is evidence of how well they're doing. Not the hell, you know what I mean? Not the evidence of it's not the happening. Absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. You know what I mean? And so um only because there's evidence of them doing it in other places. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, you do that over there. What's the likelihood you're not going to do that over here? Probably l less than the likelihood that you are. That's all I'm going to say. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the probability is higher that you will do it again. You know, because that's, a, that's why they call it an MO. It's a um, mode of operations, you know? But nonetheless... Back to 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 you know wrap up the the whole entertainment section. Kazazimoto is really 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 quality, um, and that is just my preliminary. That's my first impressions. <laughs> my first impressions is holy shit, this is fucking across the Spider Verse level animation and storytelling. And I don't want to be hyperbolic. I know that that is, like, the hottest shit right now. <laughs> but it's not unlike the entire continent of African, uh, the community, because uh, this is a, a collaborative effort of um, artists across the nation, across the, um, I'm sorry, the continent of Africa. 
You know what I mean? Because they talk um, Zulu, Urubu, uh, Yoruba, um, um, uh, oh, the, there's the, the Central African dialect where that uses the clicks and stuff. Mm. There's they, you know what I mean. So it's a collaboration of multi-ethnic African um, um, cultures, and so yeah, dude. Like, it's so, is it Shosa? I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure that's probably that could be one of them. There's there's a lot. It starts with a, it's like K L mm-hmm. upside down apostrophe X, um, if I remember correctly. But yeah, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, and I ain't disrespecting no ancestors, so. <laughs> Um, yeah, dude, because Azimoto is no disrespect to any ancestors. It is an absolute celebration of the anime aesthetic with um, with uh, African storytelling. And man, let me tell you, home run, man, <laughs> home run for me, dude. Like the the first five episodes were ten out of ten. So um, I'm waiting. Like I'm just like you know what, let yeah. I really hope they land this, bro, because I'm ready to start shouting this shit off the top because, like, it's a really, really, really good anthology. And you know I love anthologies. You know I, I'm really, really soft to anthologies. Give me a good, good culmination of random stories. Fuck yeah. All in the same fucking universe? Even better. Let's do this. You know what I mean? Like, open there and it connected. Yeah, dude. Really, really happy with it. Really proud of Disney for something like Honestly, they didn't have to do this. There's a reason why they did, though. It is clearly amazing. Disney doesn't... Listen, they have no dog in the bag of produ- of collecting this and, and distributing it on their platform. They put no marketing behind it. Clearly, it's not what the majority of people want to see. Because it is targeted towards people who are going to be entertained by African culture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so in America, that's obviously not, but internationally, this is going to hit, bro. It's going to be amazing. And, and, and I really hope that it hits the broader market in Africa as well. Like they can become aware of it because let me tell you, it is such an amazing expose of their artists. You know what I mean? Like artists from the continent, you know? And so, yeah, dude, uh, 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 and it's funny because, like, when I say an anime aesthetic, you know, like, I mean it in, like, the non-pejorative way. Because I don't take for granted that, like, a lot of, uh, you know, the producers of anime and Asian-styled art, uh, they find, like, things like the JRPG moniker pejorative. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't discount Yoshi P's experience when he talks about that because I hit kind of hard. I was like, yo. Because the thing is, is that I don't. I don't think that I... I don't personally know a single JRPG fan that hears that that moniker or that label and says, hey, yeah, fuck the Japs. <laughs> Not one. I know everyone who I know who hears that moniker says, oh, this is about to be a high-quality yeah. RPG with crazy story elements and we're going to kill God in the end. <laughs> everyone who I know, that's the association with JRPG. And, and, and so I feel a way... That he, that he, that he, that, or there's many people in the industry on their end who felt that way about it because it was, I don't think that the consumer feels that way. And it sucks that because of the typical American racism, it was very easily picked up that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very easy for them to take it that way when typically when things are denoted as Japanese, it's because they're low quality in America. 
and that's not. Mm, I see. You know what I mean? Like, not the the average non anime fan probably doesn't have the most positive outlook of things that come out of Asian countries because of you know propaganda, essentially. You know what I mean? Things that were were used for for various other political reasons, but nonetheless, you know, when I say the anime aesthetic, it's meant in the way that. It is a style that was popularized by Japanese people who who uh, like to partake in a particular style of art. That's mm-hmm. it. I absolutely don't mean it in the pejorative way. You know what I mean? And not that any probably Japanese people listen to this, but I would never want to. I would never want to um, offend anybody by putting that aesthetic, like a cultural aesthetic, on 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 their art if that's not what they are intending to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, so much so that the West started emulating JRPGs heavily. You That's feel what me? I'm saying. Like, it, it it's so messed up because I I don't think that they're they're wrong for interpreting the original use of JRPG by the development community as racist and pejorative. They're probably 100 percent right. That's true. I don't think that was, they're wrong. It, it, it was probably hate more than anything else. Absolutely, it was a way to jealousy. Because that's the thing is is that. It, I recognize that in American culture, one of the ways of trying to disparage someone is to other them. Yep. And so I can imagine that American or even Western developers in general across Europe and America othered Asian developers by just overwhelmingly uh, labeling them JRPGs. Because I'm, I like Sui Koden, I believe, is Chinese themed. It's so not a Japanese themed game. And you could tell, even in even in the um the concept of base building, mm-hmm. it's a very Chinese concept. That's not a JRPG concept as mm-hmm. much. Very true. And uh, the the role of having multi a uh, huge cast of characters, <laughs> Chinese theme, not a Japanese theme. And so I can understand why Japanese people would take it as a disparagement when they're being overgeneralized all of the games of that of that genre. So. Yeah, I, I just point that out because uh, it was something I was thinking about when I was developing this topic, and I was like, "Man, I don't. I want to. I definitely want to shout out the the anime slash Japanese aesthetic because it is potent. <laughs> you know what I mean? One of my favorite episodes is very heavy. I want to say even like a fully coolie style animation, very wild, chaotic, but just but brought together." by the substance being presented on the screen type of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Fooly Cooly was very chaotic, but was tied together by what was going on on the screen. You know what I mean? Like, that's hard to do as an artist. Yeah, it is. And so, yeah, dude, uh, Kizazimoto, let me tell you, dude, please watch it if you're listening. It's well worth your time, and I would love to hear some opinions. I want to gen- definitely generate a community discussion about that. You know what I mean? Give him, uh, you know, feedback as to... Whether you think it's as good as I'm building it up to be, whether you think it is competitive with with animations of the quality of Across the Spider-Verse, I'm interested in all of that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But that was the, mainly what I called uh, this here weekend in my free time. But, uh, yeah, man. That's all you caught? Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and jump into some of these here topics, bro. Like, all right. So, um, have you been looking into any of the info on Baldur's Gate 3? Uh, no, I haven't. Just no. like, I mean, I know I'm going to get it anyway because Zada has been told me about it and it's been like on my mind, but I'm just waiting for it to actually come out before I grab it. 
So I was I was definitely on the fence and more on the side of I don't know if this is one for me right now because of it's like a it's a hundred hour game cleanly. Mm. Which is understandable. I, and I'm not even mad at that. I'm not yeah, that's awesome. at that at all. I that's think it's amazing. Great. I just knew that I I don't know if I was going to get into it right now. But I've been watching, I've been just been heavily like I typically do, I heavily indulge in the um um in game info. You know what I mean? Like content created around mechanics and 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 content generated from the game itself. And so uh boy oh boy like something really caught my eye that kind of threw me over the edge where i was like you know what i'm at least gonna buy it because i want to support larian in terms of their business not their business model, their development model i'm not even gonna there's probably a capitalist business model i'm never going to support that but their development model that they used i heavily support the game went through massive you know uh, uh forward development to make sure that the release item is as close to perfect as possible. The same thing that I lauded Final Fantasy 16 for, I'm definitely going to support this game for. Um, I just find that for me personally, this game is more playable than Final Fantasy 16. So I'm looking more forward to getting into Baldur's Gate 3. But I saw a breakdown on the Wild Magic Sorcerer. Mm -hmm. And for some fucking reason, that shit intrigued me to no end. Like, you know what? Like, I'll pay... 70 bucks to play that <laughs> to develop that and learn the system like it just intrigued me so much and i was like ay, ay, ay. you know what i mean like i'm 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 the i'm the worst in that i am the best kind of customer for certain games because it's like oh man you got me pretty much you got me you did it yeah uh, like i mean like, it's it that so you know what you like you know i know yeah exactly and that's the thing you're absolutely right because i'm very rarely disappointed when i see something that intrigues me and then I just go in on it and and I do my research and everything and it's all supported and then I get it. I'm very rarely I'm disappointed by it. You Facts, know what I mean? Yeah. And Baldur's Gate three is shaping up to be amazing, so I'm probably gonna jump into it too. Um, my first class is gonna be the uh, the uh, Wild Magic Sorcerer. I think um, probably gonna multi class eventually into Warlock just because. Yeah, <laughs> man. That's such a good combo. Bro. Warlock combo. is such an amazing. So for, uh, subclass yeah, for, yeah, for any kind of caster. Dip. Absolutely. I think I want to do like the 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 packs that let you get a, a weapon, a special weapon. Oh uh, yeah, the um a, the hex blade is real and good. And be a chaos sorcerer that runs yeah. in with my blade and just yeah. Ah, that's a spell dancer extraordinaire right there. One but of um, my yeah, that, things that's, about it is um uh, uh the fact that you can shut your blade away. Yeah, because our 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 D and D group has a tendency to get like ambushed and lose all their shit. Not a tendency, but <laughs> it, it's not uncommon and or impossible to lose your weapons. So I was like, yo, just shut that shit into another dimension whenever you're not using it. Not for nothing. That is absolutely something that would happen to my players a lot because in in my early uh, days as a DM, I'm super generous, nigga. I'm I'm you know me, bro. I'm not a selfish person, bro. Like not even a little <laughs> right. bit, like. I like to fucking if I got some shit like let's share the resources. Let's all let's all eat. You know what I mean. So as a DM, I'm steady blessing them. Like, oh, what's your characters? Oh, I got a good idea for your character, and they just come across magic items that perfectly <laughs> fit, their, the, the fit their build. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, oh shit, I'm about to go ham. And then I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I actually don't have any threats worthy of that. Yeah, you got too many good stuff, bro. Got and too much good shit. So it's all gone. <laughs> 
and it's all gone. Yeah, you remember that episode of fucking South Park, Margaritaville? Yep. And, and it's gone. And it's gone. It's gone. It's all gone. What do you mean really? it's gone? Yeah, you put it in the count. And we invested it. It's all gone. It's all gone. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, he's like that sometimes. Like, Otto's had that happen to us with actual gold. He's like, yeah, when we have too much gold, especially when we're not keeping track of the end or the weight and or the mount, he'd be like, oh, where, nigga? That's how it's going down? All right. But that's bag how about the bus, my nigga. So absolutely, that that is exactly what they learn to do is to find interesting ways of hiding their weapons and recalling them so that yeah. like, all right, I'll lose it. Yo, it's so funny. I used to play with a dude he's in the Navy. His name was Nick. And he always played a rogue. And unfortunately, he always ended up like stripped naked, bound. Huh? But it was like a, it was like a weird power up. Like, because we, we were playing in-person D&D, so I'm sitting there watching him, and my man would roll in his critical threat range consistently <laughs> when his character was stripped of everything. The it's most absurd. Kind of like how, like, whenever I'm playing with Jeff, like, the more intense the situation, the better his roles get. Hell yeah. For Nick, it was, like, the less encumbered he was, the higher his roles were. Bro, was he sick. was Rock Lee, son. Bro. He just had to take off the weight so he could open the gates, buddy. That's all. It's all it was, dog. And it, it got to the point where he loved to collect items and had no qualms about losing them all. It's like, nah, that's cool. I'll get them back. I wish you would take my items take away. Take my items, nigga. See, phone gets stronger, son. Try yeah, me. The better my items, just the higher the cat. Uh, you know what I mean? That's hilarious. Yo, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's really funny as a DM how that's a very easy... Uh, fallback when you're a pretty generous DM. You know what I mean? You got too much items, bro. I'm sorry. You're too strong for what's coming up. <laughs> but you want to know what's funny is that I think that video games conditioned people for that because at the beginning of every sequel, where all my shit go? Yep. If you're playing a sequel mm-hmm. with a main character that carries over, yep. they have to reset you. Them DMC, niggas don't know nothing they learned Devil in the May last Cry game. Devil has, has conditioned people to be reset. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's all good. They, they At the beginning of each game session, just consider it like a new... Hey, like yo, a, bro. Uh, the next, you had to take uh, all sequel. your shit. You got to go get it back. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So, yeah. That's funny. But, um, yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 is shaping up to, to be an amazing game. It drops in August. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to definitely download it. Um, That's probably going to be a little ongoing segment. We'll probably do, like, once a month talking about, like, where we're at. Because that one is content on content right there. And if we have any good um TTRPG gamers that, that are following us, or if you know anybody who's interested, we're definitely going to be doing some coverage on that for sure. Cause, yeah, uh, I'll scoop that. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it a lot, dude. So much of it. And I'm not even th- like, that's a, that was the crazy part is that I only did deep dives into like three or four classes. um, Like Paladin, Warlock, Sorcerer, and Cleric or Wizard. I've seen some, some preliminary information in Cleric on, on Cleric and Wizard. so mm-hmm. and, and it caught me. And I was like, damn, there's more? <laughs> And then, um, and then there's like the uh the characters, like the the characters that on offer that are um pre made for you. Yeah, they all look so fun. They look the the Gith Yankee looks really cool. The and oh, you know who I love is the Tiefling, bro. Uh, yeah, the Kaldika. Tiefling looks pretty dope too. I want to say her name is I don't remember exactly her name, but um, she looks super dope, like so much. And then the character creator, like. That's the thing. Is That's like, the important part for I me. I look forward to playing the normal game to get the inspiration to go into the character creator and literally spend like an hour a day for a whole week working on one character. Mm-hmm. Just like 
refining it, getting to where I want to, and then doing my master playthrough. That's like pretty much what I've been character. doing. And um, so last said, like I spend like most of the weekend like playing two or three runs, getting the party right. Oh, that didn't work. Got to go back to the drawing board. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, I now I got it. That is a sign of a good game. Hell yeah! Like, like that is the sign of an amazing game, or at least a game that resonates really well with you. That you can play the initiating sequence over yep. and over without getting tired. Yep. I like, that initiating like, sequence is supposed mm-hmm. to get bored real quick. That's why they rush through it. But if that initiating sequence is 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 at least playable enough to, to, to merit replaying multiple times just in different ways... Yep. That's just good game design, man. I fucks with it. Like, it's something I've been doing since um, Mass Effect, right? Like, um, I realize that it's any. I realize that it's any game that has a really in-depth character creator. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost impossible for me to get exactly what I want on the first try. I do. That's what's so, fucking me up in Street Fighter. You know how little <laughs> I've played of Street Fighter. You know how little I've actually fought in Street Fighter. <laughs> But nah, fuck, I feel it because that's always what I do, man. If the better your character creator, the like in Skyrim, oh man, yeah. my first couple of Skyrim characters took me like thirty minutes to make. Well, I mean that's, and 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 that is my whole allure to one of the the mobile games I like to play is World Flipper, and it's a team builder. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. a, it, it, a, the main gameplay loop is very basic, but the real allure of the game is finding different ways of putting the pieces of this puzzle together. Yes. I love the fucks team games building. like that. And so when I can get the whole team building aspect in a single character creator, yep. Good money. Yep. Especially when you do the awesome due diligence of making multiple classes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ah, oh, now I gotta see. Now I gotta see. Like, yeah, especially with Mass Effect, man. Like, with every Mass Effect, I always had three files. I had, like, the biotic, I had the engineer, and I had some other class. Like like you said, that's the mark of a game that's either really good or that you fuck with and or both. Is just, like, you just, even though you've played through it before, you can do that shit again and again and again, and it doesn't really lose its replayability until you've done it, like, four or five times. Then you're like, all right, I can put the universe to rest. I've seen it all. Yeah, and and... You know, I think that that is that's a metric that replayability is a metric that I I use personally to set apart my preferences versus things that are objectively good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, for sure. Things that I personally like and I can play over and over and I have replay value for me when they don't have broader replay value. Yeah, it's a clear indicator that I fuck with this. And there's a small smattering of people similar to me that also fuck with the way that these metrics are put together. But when there is broad repayability for an item, that's kind of just objectively good, yeah, solid game design. You know what I mean? Uh, that yeah. We can point to those things as things that... And, and I think that, unfortunately, that's what uh, Final Fantasy XVI is going to fail at. It's going to fail at replayability. Oh, I can see that, yeah. And that is going to be the part that is, and that's the thing is, is like yeah. that's why it, that's why it wasn't, it didn't pay off to take the Final Fantasy fourteen model and use Final Fantasies. Well, it does, it does. It hoping that they move to a more hybrid or in entertaining model, in my opinion, on the next one. If they stick on this, we're just making Final Fantasy fourteen single player games. 
uh, of the Final Fantasy uh, series, I don't think that that is the best model overall. If this is a one-off to use as a semi-marketing model while you bring people back into Final Fantasy in a more modern way, sure, cool, not mad at that. Um, but I don't think it's going to be the best model uh, in the long term for uh, Final Fan Fantasy base. as a series because yeah. if people pick up that this is what the Final Fantasy series is, they're just going to play 14. Which is fine. But I'm pretty sure they make video games to sell them. Yep. Um, they don't make video unless it is the case that video uh, or I'm sorry, console games are just marketing for Final Fantasy 14 at this point. Final Fantasy 14 is profitable enough to merit that kind of expensive ass <laughs> marketing scheme. In my opinion, I don't actually know the the facts of how a marketing agency would deduce that, but in my opinion, given the mass revenue, given how many things are funded by Final Fantasy 14 alone, Beyond just Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, it makes sense. It would make sense to emulate it. If they chose to make this just an ongoing high-end marketing campaign for Final Fantasy XIV, I wouldn't begrudge them because of their business model. I would begrudge them because they're killing something I love. Or not killing it, but transforming something I love into something that I don't care for. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, that just doesn't appeal to me. You know what I mean? Like... And especially because, um, <clears throat> and so just to just to address something I said in my initial Final Fantasy sixteen impressions from watching the the walkthroughs and and playthroughs and everything, it's not DMC, it's more Final Fantasy fourteen, because it's it's not as high action as DMC. So to compare it to make to say it's a cheap DMC was probably untowards, and so I did make that comparison, and it's probably just not a good comparison. But I think it's actually would have been in better for it to be compared to, to DMC <laughs> than to Final Fantasy fourteen because Final Fantasy fourteen is extensively more uh, uh, leagues ahead of it than it was than DMC was of Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah, as a comparison. But that's just my opinion. If you don't agree with me? Tweet at me and tell me I'm an idiot, please. So yeah, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, like, in addition to the fact that, I mean, similar to what you just pointed out, because from my understanding, it's like half cutscenes, half gameplay, and it's like... More than half cutscenes. So it's like, yeah, like, I, I don't know how that's going to work long term, you know and what I mean? this is coming from the guy who thought that Xenosaga Episode 1, which was 85% cutscenes. I was fine with that. Damn. I was fine with that. Yeah, but yeah, unfortunately, like if you're gonna do something like that, you gotta have the most satisfying gameplay loop ever. Exactly. And ever. unfortunately, I have yet to find an action, quote unquote, RPG, uh, gameplay system that has been that amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strangers of Paradise that come to once a year at this point, for a little while, and that's good. Even even. In my mobile gaming, which is my primary gaming at this point in my life, the 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 primary action RPG that I play, Honkai Third Impact, which is an amazing award winning um um action RPG, I only play every three months for a month. Like I take two month breaks and come back to it every just because <laughs> Let like the that's shit how much stack up. Yeah, like I just that gameplay 
gets old for me very quickly. But I like it, but it gets old. Yeah. But I like it. it <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, it's one of those things. And I have a feeling that I'm not a minority in that. Um, in terms of action RPGs, you know what I mean? Because the thing is, is that people who like action games play action games, and action game player uh, players will, you know what I mean, consistently play them. I'm just talking about as an RPG player who likes to delve into it a bit. And the primary market for Final Fantasy play uh, games, whether purposefully or not, is going to be RPG players. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Final Fantasy has to be an RPG. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it attracts mostly RPG players, you know? And so like the likelihood built... of people feeling that way, I think, is pretty high. <clears throat> like, yeah, if you, yeah, you've built a brand on one thing. To su- that sudden pivot, that's a huge risk. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it, to be honest. I mean, if that's your business plan, that's your business plan. Yeah, if it works, it works. I'm not privy to nor responsible for that business plan. So that is what it is. But I do have a critique on that shit, like I do of everything. (laughs) But yeah, dude, uh, I'm so looking forward to fucking Baldur's Gate 3. That shit, I gotta do it. (laughs) Gotta do it. Um, So yeah, I look forward to, uh, to chopping up on that front for sure. Uh, bro, so did you hear about this news story about the fucking, uh, I, I think they've been dubbed the Super Olympics? No, I have not. So it's a group of, of athletes and Olympic enthusiasts who are just like, like, what if we just said fuck it and, 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 and saw how far we can go if we just fully juiced it <laughs> push it to the limit if we push it to the limit yeah you know i mean like walk along the needle's edge bro <laughs> you know what i mean like i i i, I really like I, so so they're they're proposing an olympic game style tournament with no ped rules that's pretty funny. And at this point, we're at the point where, like, um, fuck it. Why not let technology run amok in this bitch? Like, you you know, the Blade Runners are faster than, than normally aspirated runners now. Why not just have a competition and, and see if a juice nigga can finally beat one of these Blade <laughs> Runners? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. Like, the thing is, is, like... I mean, let's do it, man. That's how you get to Megalobox. I'm just... See, my thing is, is like... What is the value of physical superiority? You know what I mean? Like, outside of being able to see what the outer boundaries of that are, like, that's the only... So why are, you know, like, as a society, people who want to dedicate... People dedicate themselves to eating virtual flowers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't I don't think that the general public should take like steroids and things like that. Like it's probably not a great uh uh habit or substance to be readily available to the public. But I think Lance Armstrong showed us like, yo, you could take them shits for a long time and live for a long time, you know what I mean? Even with cancer. You know what I mean? Like I just I gave up a nut, but I like, made millions. They're bad, but there are responsible ways to use them. Is that a you know what I mean? Like, is that a, a is that an irresponsible sentiment to put out there? Like there are bad things that you can responsibly use to enhance your experience as a human. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know shit about them things, but you got to talk to the, the, the proper peoples. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, all the evidence is there. Like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, when you look at someone like Lance Armstrong, who was going to die, and he's, and he's a proven steroid user, like, clearly, like, you can use it and live. So there's there's responsible ways to utilize these things, you know, similar to alcohol or 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 cannabis or anything else. You know what I mean? Like, it's the overindulgence that's the problem type of thing. So you shouldn't make it readily available, but fuck it, man. Like, I want to. I want to live in a world where niggas get juiced up and fucking box each other's heads off. Like that's I don't know, funny. man. I just don't feel like that's the place to draw the line type I of mean, shit. You know what I mean? Technically, you already live in that world. You know what I mean? I mean, some yeah, some just yeah. hide it better than others. Like, oh yeah, no, some of those niggas are definitely juiced up, definitely. And I think that lends to like some of the brutality you see for sure. But um, dude, I'm here for the Super Olympics, bro. And and I think that we should definitely start discussing like, yo, sh- if if you can perform sans certain limbs at a level higher than n- normally abled people, why don't we let you? And 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 it might just be the meta. Like the meta is blade legs, nigga. <laughs> it's the meta. The meta is blade legs, nigga. Like, hey, is I'm not so scared of the transhumanist future. You know what I mean? Like, if the meta is 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 mild psychedelics with blade legs. Maybe maybe normal <laughs> niggas need to step it up. Like, are you dedicated That's to running funny. fast? Like, are we going to have to see a future where we see the first person who willingly amputates their legs because they want to run as a living? You know what I mean? Like, I'm here for it, though. That's the thing is, like, I'm presenting it. It sounds dangerous, but it, I'm totally here for it, bro, because this is like, are we respecting people's right to do with their body what they want or not? You know what I mean? Like we fight for the rights of women to to have bodily autonomy. We write we fight for the for trans rights and 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 respect. Why can't we why don't we respect niggas who want to juice the fuck out and punch a nigga's head off? I don't know. Am, am I wrong for that? Do I sound outlandish? Oh, I don't really know the specifics of why the juicing if it's because of actual competition or dangerous or tuning usage or whatever whatever but. i think that the original proposition of why peds were banned was for the because of the danger to the athlete and the pressure on them to use them in the presence of other athletes using them now i do believe that you should have a normal league and a and a a, a megaloblox slash uh, uh, juice League. League, Megala Juice League. You know what I mean? Like, what what are we gonna call that? Where you got blade legs and and amphetamines? <laughs> Yo, my nigga, what are we gonna call that, bro? No way, that's the. <laughs> You're like, Yo, my nigga, I'm waiting for the dude who cuts off his arm and puts a sling and throws 200 mile an hour fastballs. <laughs> like, my nigga, that's what? Funny. At least they'll stop looking at these athletes as sex symbols. Not. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that shit is hilarious, though, right. dude. Like, what makes you think that wouldn't make him more attractive to some people? I know because it's the bank account, and you know <laughs> this nigga's making bank. You know, yo. First of all, what do you think the payout is from the company that 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 sponsors you to do that shit? That's what I was gonna say. It depends Payout's on who you want to sponsor that in the first place. 
nigga. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I thought that was a real interesting one, though. That shit was funny, man. I was like, yo, do it, my niggas. Why not? Because as long as... See, my whole thing is, as long as everybody is aware... My whole issue with most shit is that people are being lied to and deceived. Stop <laughs> coercing people. Do you know how big this world is and how well-connected we are? You can find humans to do stupid shit if that's what you want them to do. Stop lying and taking advantage of people whose energy could be better used in other areas. You know what I mean? Like, I hate that people are so motivated to do certain shit in society just to survive. You know what I mean? Because that creative Facts. power could be doing a thousand other less dangerous things. You know what I mean? And that's just not my preference. That's in their best fucking interest. Why would we be encouraging them to do things that are physically rigorous and dangerous to them when they could just as well be empowered? And I don't want to empower them to just, you know what I mean, eat, you know, uh, virtual candy on their TikTok feed, but <laughs> I want to empower them to do other creative things. You know what I mean? Whatever those things might be. Not that I have a right to choose what those things are. I just want to give people the option because even if 65% of them, even if 85%, even 90% of them did stupid shit, we have seen the productive and creative value of 1%. So... Any amount, you know what I mean, of 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 creative slash productive value from those people is going to be catastrophically more than what we're getting now because of the uh, artificial uh, limitations people have or the exploitation that they are under just to survive. You know what I mean? Taking the same energy and the same uh, uh, um, time and the same labor value that they could be dedicating to anything else. That's what I, that's what I hate. You know what I mean? Sorry. I've been heavy on my, my labor shit this weekend, so I know that I've been ranting heavy on it, but yeah, dude. That's what's up. That is what's up. Super Olympics. Damn, what are we going to call it, though, man? Because it's Megalojuice. We got to get a better name than Megalojuice. Megalojuice. Bro, because that, that, I mean, whenever I think of the combination of, of, of uh, like, cybernetics and, and, and uh, amphetamines or steroids, Megalobox and juicing, bro. They're definitely not putting juice in the title. <laughs> no juice in the title? Oh man, but yeah, dude. Uh, I definitely, I definitely uh, uh, hit me up on social media if you have a better name for the uh, the the league of of cybernetic uh, steroid user uh, uh, para athletes in the Olympic setting. But yeah, dude. Moving on from that, dude. Did you hear this shit um, with Kamala Harris, man? Let me tell you, this this lady is this is this. She's a prime example of why you have to be careful of people who tote their identity before they tote their, tote their own policies. Because this woman was picked because, you know, of her pandering to the black community and so forth. But some of the shit that she says, I just think is so wild and, and propagandistic that it's just like, man... We, I don't think that the black community would want to be tied to this because it's an idea that is purely fed off of misinformation but is hugely accepted and, and, and propagated in this society. And that is, is that we are overpopulating this earth. We are, we are not overpopulating this 
Earth. We have a small portion of this world that is extracting way more resources out of this Earth than are necessary for them to exist, and is causing a huge disparity in the power consumption or the energy or resource consumption of this Earth, causing massive disruptions in things like climate and politics. But we, humans are not overpopulating this Earth. We, if, if we were to average living uh, lifestyles amongst uh, uh, first world countries, such as rent, cost to eat, costs of amenities, luxuries, things of that nature, if we average that amongst first world countries, that living standard can be supported on this earth without depleting it with up to 15 million people. And that's just the numbers. I'm not going to sit here and propagandize you. Do your Googles. The carrying capacity of this earth at a reasonable living standard is up to 15 million people. I mean, we billion? aren't even near that shit. I'm sorry? You mean billion? I'm sorry, 15 billion. I, I apologize. If I've been saying million, I've meant 15 billion people. Okay? And that is just from understanding our resource extraction capacities versus what would be necessary to, to provide those resources at that level for every human being on this planet. We could support 15 billion million people. We have a resource distribution problem where the vast majority of resources go to people who absolutely do not need them at the expense of people who do need them. And that's not, I'm not pointing out any names. It's just an obvious flow of resources, and you can do the analytics to see where those resources are flowing from and to. And so I say all of that to address this wild eugenic idea that we need to lower the population of this earth that Kamala Harris seems to be parroting on the fucking official pulpit. And this is what I mean. That is a Nazi fascist idea that was started in World War II, perpetrated on the German people, and popularized around the world by Nazis who were assimilated into other societies after the fall of the Third Reich. That is not an idea that any... First of all, it's, it wasn't until the 70s that the idea that humans could impact the overall environment of the Earth. Up until the 70s, the general consensus was that there was nothing that the entire human species could do to ever affect the Earth. Like, we do understand that, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we could track these ideas because they are fucking man-made. It, you know, people didn't even believe that we could could affect the earth with our human activities. You know what I mean? So it shouldn't be crazy that they operate. Those same people exist in the, the annals of power today, and they operate on those same, same premises. And so if that is the case, the idea that we need to, to limit the population is a eugenics problem. It is not an issue of the carrying capacity of the earth. They don't even believe genuinely in the idea that humans, because they're climate change deniers. 
a lot of these people, these corporatists, whether they say it in public or not, do not honestly believe in climate change. If Kamala Harris genuinely believed in climate change, she would be actually supporting policies that would positively affect climate change. But she hasn't used any of, of, of her position as vice president to do that. The baby, the baby steps that are being taken are just window dressing so that they can maintain the facade that they care about this shit. They obviously don't, whether they believe it or not. So the idea that we need to limit the, 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 the people and we need to stop populating the earth that we, the way that we are is a control mechanism. Anyone talking about that shit is not talking about statistics, is not talking about, well, what is the issue of distribution going on here? Because we are talking about situations. I mean, there, there's literally people who have yachts you know what I mean? That would take weeks of labor just to move from one place to the other. That is a a a utilization of of resources for personal gain that is just untowards to a level that nobody should be accepting. You know what I mean? But we do it, and I'm not begrudging all of those people who are in their concerted effort or making that happen. I'm begrudging the dickhead who's choosing to organize all of those resources and having no compunction towards the responsibility towards the amount of, you know, energy and resources that go into production of something of that caliber for just their entertainment. But then they want to say we need to limit the amount of people when the carbon footprint of the average Indian child is not that you know what i mean like it's just disingenuous when you hear people talk about like yo 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 y'all need to stop breeding bitch my children ain't doing what you're doing you consume small nations worth of fucking resources for your pleasure if you don't get the fuck out of my face talking about the depopulation or the necessity to depopulate the earth i swear to god i and, and that's what pisses me off about about people who are critical of of progressive thought is that they'll support this kind of shit you know what i mean and that that's why i i a lot of you know friends i have or former friends who are conservative in ideology i i I wonder about them like it's like yo what statistics are you even fucking looking at i don't understand the interpretation of their statistics that say that says that that the answer is to kill humans and not to redistribute the fucking resources that are being clotted in certain fucking uh, social economic areas of our society. It blows my fucking mind. The way that they want to extract the bare minimum from, from the least instead of asking the most or the people who are doing the best to share a little bit since we're all... since. That's the big fucking lesson of the 21st century is that all of the value from society is actually coming from the majority of us, not from the CEOs and the, 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 those at the top of the pyramid. You know what I mean? Is, is that a crazy concept that, that, that in the 20th century we now have the information to see that? Or is that just my interpretation? It's been like that. It's just convenient logic. Like you work to give me money. Just to... 
it's 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 never been complicated. It's just like like people point out the reason why a lot of people don't trip on that is because the American dream leads people to believe that one day they'll get to be the mil- billionaire. Oh, the aspiration so of poverty in this country is crazy. So they don't want to do anything to change that. But no, like, that stuff is common knowledge to anyone who wants to open their eyes to it. You know what would be—it would be revelatory to me when it comes to the field of psychology if they actually took the concepts of kayfabe and the concepts of aspirational poverty— and seriously devoted some time sociologically and psycho- psychologically to, to determining whether these are mental illnesses. Because I, aspirational poverty is a level of delusion that I could understand at some point, but because of the hyper-acceleration of, of capitalist society due to technology, we're getting to the point where it's like, oh no, you don't realize that not only was it impossible for you to just work and get those things based on your own merit, that a lot of other things were part of the rubric of your success as an individual, that over time, the gap between you and those in which you are aspiring to has gotten astronomically larger. You know what I mean? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, the aspirational I just, poverty thing. I just is, look is, at is it as just another form of copium. You know what I mean? It's sort of similar to religion in that way, where people will True. dedicate that level of faith to nothing more than faith. You know what I mean? They they'll have just and even when they, things aren't working out, mm-hmm. they will maintain that faith, and you know it is what it is, right? Some people need that stuff. Some people just like that stuff. Some people are born into it, and they have no issue with it. And and it is what it is, but that and the issue of kayfabe, because while when kayfabe was just a fancy psych, uh, 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 psychological term to describe why people behave certain way in entertainment, the fact that we now live in a kayfabe society where our entire political scene is based off of kayfabe, like we need to sit down and study this shit, and I think that. In the end, after all said and done, they're going to have to list that shit in DSMV 6 or 7, whatever volume they're on. It is a mental illness to reside completely in that kayfabe environment, and it is mental illness to think that that aspirational poverty is purely a meritocracy. It's purely based off of meritocracy. That shit is crazy. It's crazy. Because the people who are claim those things will absolutely consider themselves practical and fact-based. I'm just like, yo, I think that's what classifies it in my mind as mental illness. Because they're, none of those things are, are ratifying each other. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, um, that's the power of the propaganda engine. But that's why I don't want to raise Kendrick with fairy tales and too much fake shit. I want him to be situated in reality. Not to say that you don't indulge in the fantasy. Believe me, you, as a gamer, I fucking indulge in fantasy. But do not organize your real life based off of that fantasy. It will end terribly, I promise. Yeah, and also learn to cope without extra coping mechanisms, you know? It's like a little bit of internal resilience goes a long way. Yeah, indeed, indeed.
Alrighty, guys, and we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up on that. And so if you enjoyed the show, please feel free to subscribe to us. You can find us on anchor.fm or on patreon.com. You could also find us on the social media on Twitter at Karee underscore T and at Home Heron. You could also find us on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast and at Heron's Homies. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. And always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one. Peace out. Take it easy.